With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tonight's guest, Brian Tyrrell from Red Dirt Cryptids, was featured on episode 447, and on that show he told us about the two dogman encounters he's had. Well, not long ago, a lady contacted him through Red Dirt Cryptids to ask him for help with a dogman that's been terrorizing her and other people who live on her property. Two weekends ago, Brian went to that lady's property to look into the matter, and that's what we're going to talk about on tonight's show. Brian, thanks so much for coming back. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, you know you're welcome. For anyone listening who missed episode 447, Brian, please tell us about yourself and Red Dirt Cryptids. Well, I am a field investigator for different types of cryptids, dogman, sasquatch, pterodactyl-type creatures. We even uh, investigate little people, you know, whatever you've got. We go around the state of Oklahoma and southern Kansas We do field investigations, we do reports, we post reports online so that the general public can have access to them, and uh, we do YouTube channels so that people can come along with us and see what we do, and we just get out there and we get our boots dirty whenever people need us to, so that's us. It sounds like you do get your boots dirty, and you just (laughs) told us about the scope of the investigations you do with the different types of cryptids and everything. 
What would you say has been the strangest field investigation you've ever been on? Oh, well, this one has definitely been a, this one that we just recently did. Yeah, that's, that was definitely one of the strangest ones, but I've had a lot, I've had a lot of them and, you know, it's kind of hard to pick and choose one, but one of the oddest ones that I've ever done was a Sasquatch interview that I went out and did on site. The guy claimed to have seen a pair of Sasquatch while he was sitting out in the woods at night. And he reported that they had footwear, sort of. that looked like it made, was made out of some type of seaweed or something. And it was a very interesting story. He said it looked like seaweed that was wrapped around their feet and up onto their legs, like up to their calves. And he said both of them had it, and the footwear looked very similar. Now, the reason why I bring that up is I have never heard another encounter that was like that one. I've never heard anybody report a Sasquatch or any type of cryptid wearing any type of footwear. So I always thought that was that was kind of a one-in-a-million report. But that's kind of one of my weirdest ones. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why you would say that. Yeah, I've never heard of that before either. Does the fact that you do field research now mean that you've totally come to terms with the two dogman encounters you've had? Yes. I was very fortunate, like I said before, that I didn't know what I was looking at when I first had my encounters. I don't think that I've really suffered the level of PTSD that some people have after their encounters. Of course, you know, I didn't see either one of the two creatures stand up and walk on its hind legs. Um, that probably would have messed with my head really good. But I didn't see that. I just saw an incredibly large dog that looked like a wolf. And uh, honestly, I didn't know what to think for a long time. But yes, I've come to terms with it. Um, we actively go out to places that we know that they are at. And we try to, this may sound completely ignorant, but we try to, you know, encourage some type of encounters. We're usually very well armed, and we usually stay in a situation where we can make an exit very hastily if we need to. But uh, if you know where they're at, you can go out there and put yourself in a situation. And, you know, you might end up getting some thermal imaging video or something. I don't know if anybody's even gotten any thermal imaging video of a dogman yet. I wouldn't mind being the first, but yes, I, I'm totally, I would say, cool with my experiences and I'm ready to move forward. Well, that's great. That's really good news. If you're in such a good place mentally, though, when it comes to your encounters, does that mean that you can head into the woods alone now after dark without any problems? <laughs> you ask the sharp pointy questions, don't you? Yeah, I don't know. Alone at night. I would definitely be really nervy if I was just say, for instance, if I was just going deer hunting and I was walking to my stand, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But if I was going into an area that I knew that they were in that particular area, uh, probably not. No, <laughs> I would definitely want somebody watching my six. I can't say I blame you. Don't blame you at all. What would you say is the split on average between dogman eyewitnesses and people who have seen Sasquatch you contact you? 
Well, um, I would say that I get probably eight or nine Bigfoot reports as compared to one dogman encounter. The dogman encounters are not as common and they're a lot less predictable. As a general rule, you know, a Sasquatch report is going to be close to some type of water source, a lake or, or a river or something. That's, that's not the case with dogmen. They can be just about anywhere. They could be on the outskirts of town. I took a dogman report of a lady that lived in an apartment complex on the outskirts of Tulsa. And um, you never know where these things are going to be. And it just seems like they're a lot harder to predict than a Sasquatch, if that makes any sense. Maybe it's because we don't have as much information about them as we do the Bigfoots. Maybe. Yeah, it does seem like there's a lot less info on them out there. When you're in the woods investigating a case, Brian, deep down, is there a side of you that doesn't want to find anything or have any new experiences? Mm, I don't think so. I look forward to finding evidence. And if I'm going to have an actual experience with one out in the woods, I want it to be more or less on my terms. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I always try to have an exit. But I don't know. I mean, you've got to be careful when you're out there. It's not, it is dangerous. And uh, you're putting yourself in situations and, and your teammates where, you know, something could go wrong. And um, it is possible. It's, it's, it's a chance you just kind of got to take. But I believe that I have protection from the Lord. And uh, because of that, I don't have the level of fear I believe that a lot of people have. I've been pretty blessed thus far. And uh, I believe that the Lord will continue to watch over and protect me until he's done with me. But not everybody believes in the Lord, so I guess they're just on their own. (laughs) I'm glad you do believe. If you've had a dogman encounter and would like to speak with me about it, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. If you've had a Bigfoot sighting and would like to be a guest on one of my two Bigfoot shows, please go to mybigfootsighting.com and let me know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of people listening to tonight's show didn't get a chance to check out episode 447, where you came on and told us about those two dogman encounters you had. Would you mind giving us a Cliff Notes version of those encounters to give a background to the people who didn't listen to that episode about what you've been through already? And then after you do that, I'm going to ask you to tell us about this investigation that you've been working on. Well, both of my dogman encounters were in northwest Oklahoma. Uh, Both of them, believe it or not, were in the broad daylight. Uh, Neither one of them got up and walked on its back legs, but one looked very unusual. It was uh, considerably larger than like a uh, black lab. It just looked very strange in the face and in the head, and I knew that what I was looking at was odd. Uh, I actually drove up on it in my service truck. And uh, as I drove up to it, it was focused on something in the bar ditch. And it was in the middle of the road. And it was trying to sneak up on it, Wiley Coyote style. And it was apparently, you know, hyper-focused on whatever it was. So I was able to get closer to it than, you know, you, you would normally be able to. It just does kind of show that they're, uh, what's the word, psychic? Uh, but I did. I, I kind of rolled up on it, got a really good look at it. I could tell that its body was physically longer than a canine, a normal canine. Uh, it kind of looked like the a mountain lion's body. It was just longer. It had a lot longer tail. But its head was definitely canine. But it didn't look like a, a wolf. It, it looked more like a hyena. Uh, it had a, a shortened muzzle, ugly thing, ugly thing. And, uh, but it was, instead of being, uh, spotted or something like, like a normal hyena, uh, it was all jet black and its tail was really, really bushy and that, and I, it wasn't ridiculously big, but the second one that I saw was, and the second one was a stereotypical wolf looking dog it kind of looked like a wolf uh crossed with a german shepherd and uh it was very large it was uh i'm six foot tall six foot one and uh it it could almost look me in the eyes sitting down it was it was a really big animal really large and it had a really wide looking chest and the chest on it was very I don't know, buff. I tell people that it kind of looked like a, you know how some of those pit bulls are real muscled up in the chest, but just imagine that, but like three or four times that, you know, it was a really, really wide chested animal and it was jet black too. And uh, it was really hairy. I mean, I could even see like hair coming out of its ears. It was just really a bushy animal. And uh, I saw it. As I was driving to, it was off on the side of the road, got a really good look at it. It ended up running away from me and I got to see it running away. And it was, uh, 
it was a really good, clear day, a little bit of sunshine. And, uh, it was quite a sighting. I just, you know, I was completely ignorant at the time of what I was even looking at. I, I didn't know what I was looking at. I thought I was looking at some type of wolf type dog that was a, had gigantism or some kind of weird mutant disease. I mean, this was before I was introduced to the internet. The internet was around there, but I didn't know about the internet and uh, not the way I am now. So for a long time, it was a big mystery as to what I'd even seen. You've come a long way. You're doing field research on them now. All right, Brian, let's get to it now. Please tell us all about your investigation. Well, this lady reached out to me on Facebook Messenger. Apparently, she found me on the Internet somehow, probably through YouTube. And uh, she reached out to me and started telling me about all of this stuff that she's got going on in her property. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting when they're like, well, I don't even know where to start. You know, that's that's when you know that there's a lot of stuff going on. And I was like, well, just start from the beginning. And she said that the property that she has there, she's got about 20 acres down in southeastern Oklahoma. I'm not going to give out the location or her information, but she got about 20 acres there. It's all forested. There's two small ponds on it. And uh, basically, to make it a nutshell, she said that the very first night, her and her son, she's got a 16-year-old son, they moved in and they were sleeping. They went to bed that very first night and they just crashed on some air mattresses, you know, because nothing was unpacked in the middle of the night all hell broke loose on the north side of the house in the woods. And according to her, it sounded like a herd of elephants moving through the woods, breaking branches and making crashing noises. And she didn't know what to make of it. As time progressed, though, she became aware of of what was potentially going on. She said that she heard tree knocks out in the woods. And that's when she began to associate the behavior with Sasquatch at the time, you know, she, everybody watches finding Bigfoot, stuff like that. And, and so she began to kind of put two and two together. So she began putting out things like trail cameras and she began kind of paying attention and she's just had a smorgasbord of odd behavior that has been basically plaguing her since she bought the place in 2016. She has creatures running across her roof. They hop up on her roof and they run across her roof in the middle of the night. And then they jump off the house and then they run off. She used to have a bunch of chickens. Uh, I actually went out there and I saw her chicken pen. Hasn't been used in a while because all of her chickens were stolen. And uh, she just decided that she wasn't going to replace them. And go figure. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to keep buying chickens when they keep getting stolen. Uh, She's had several cats and a dog that have come up missing. Uh, She has found footprints, even right out in front of her house. And uh, she's found other sign all around there. She's also found evidence of them getting into her outbuildings. The doors will be unlocked and open for where something was getting inside. She's actually got several outbuildings on the place and 
You know, it just seems like it'd be a perfect place for them to be. And it is. It's it's the most perfect habitat that I've ever seen for a, a Bigfoot or a dog man because of the unusual diversity of the property. Uh, apparently, the people that lived there before her were very much into, let's just say, gardening. And the whole property, you know, all 20 acres, it's basically like a big botany experiment. She could tell you all about it, and she knows all about it because she's been researching everything. Uh, me, I'm, I'm just a field researcher. I don't know about all this stuff. But, you know, she's got all these different types of plants that are planted all over this property. And even the two ponds that are out there, they've been seeded with differing types of plant life in the actual ponds themselves in order to facilitate two different little habitats, I guess you would call it. But they've got completely different plant life growing in each one, and they're only about, I don't know, 200 yards apart. So whoever it was that was there before her worked very hard to create this unusual habitat and it's very diverse. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of varieties of different types of, you know, flowers and plants that are growing in different places all over her place. And of course it's heavily wooded, you know, to begin with. And there's even a spring on, on her place and, you know, a little stream that flows out from the pond and her property is perfect and it just makes sense that either a, a bigfoot or a dog man would have uh, been there so uh, there's probably a lot of different types of food sources out there for him she also mentioned that whenever she first moved in that there was a several different types of edible mushrooms that were growing wild on the property but she said in the last couple of years something has wiped out these mushrooms and basically eaten them all. And she hasn't been able to find any, which I thought that was, you know, more evidence of them being there. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But as far as, like, actual real encounters... She's had a lot of weird stuff going on. One of her dogs got killed. I think she said that it got hit on the road out in front of their house. And so they buried it. Now, this is a very rocky area, all southeastern Oklahoma. It's, it's hard to find footprints down there because there's so much rock everywhere. And so what they did was is they basically laid the dog down out in the woods and started piling stones up on top of this dog. And I guess a couple of days went by and uh, she went back out to kind of check on the dog and it had been uncovered and it had been, I don't know, tore apart and it was part of it was still there. Part of it was missing. And I think uh, the entrails were gone. 
which is something we hear a lot. So she ended up reburying the dog again, and this time put more rocks on it. And after that, they kind of left it alone. But it sounds like they got what they wanted in the first place. So I think I've covered a lot of that stuff, but it's time to get down to the things that they've actually encountered on this property. The big thing, the, the thing that that I think is probably one of the more interesting is she actually had a Class A nighttime sighting of a very large, she said nine, ten foot tall Bigfoot in her driveway. Uh, she had pulled up and was unlocking the gate so she could pull in her driveway. And it walked in front of her about 50, 60 feet. And um, the funny part about the story is she wasn't afraid. Uh, she said that she had this overwhelming feeling of peace or calm. I thought that was kind of odd. Uh, a lot of people, you know, tend to have fear or, you know, they, they go into shock or, or something. But she said that she uh, interpreted it as a very peaceful encounter. But they've seen these Bigfoot-type creatures out there in the woods around her place. And she also saw some unusual hairy creature up in the trees at the back end of her property moving through the trees. Like she kind of described it as kind of like a monkey moving through the trees. And she didn't get a good look at that, but she took me out to the location and she showed me where it all happened. And the trees there are big enough that they could definitely support some fairly large animals. She says she didn't get a good look at it, but she said it was hairy and it was black, which that could have been a, a dog man. That could have been a Sasquatch. It could have been either or. Um, but she uh, has also reported that occasionally she will see some kind of white-haired creature moving through the woods at the back of her property. She'll just catch glimpses of it. She's never gotten a good look at that. I'm not sure which species that one is either. But... There are wolves that the locals down there keep reporting. Not to me, but apparently they're talking about it among themselves. Uh, according to her, every once in a while, if you're sitting outside at night, or if you've got the windows open, you can hear wolves howling. And the neighbors are aware of this as well. And they've talked about it. And apparently it's semi-quasi-common knowledge down there that there are wolves out there in that particular area, in that mountainous area of southeastern Oklahoma. I don't know about you, but I find that pretty odd. I'm not really sure what to think about that yet. She even claimed that at one time she had a trail camera set up at one of the ponds, and she actually got a photo of what looked like a wolf coming up and drinking out of the pond. She said it was gray in color. And apparently they've gotten visuals of these wolves. Now, I don't know what you know about Oklahoma, but we're not supposed to have wolves here. Uh, we had them a long time ago. We hunted them out to extinction. We just, we just don't have them. But people are also reporting wolves that are red haired in color now there was such a th 
thing historically as a, as a red wolf here in Oklahoma. And um, they were actually very pretty animals. But because of their hair being red, similar, it's usually kind of patchy. But it was kind of like Irish setter type hair. Um, these animals were hunted out to extinction for their furs a long, long time ago. And so they're, they're not, nat- now they're not extinct. They have some uh, that are still around. You know, I think they're in zoos and stuff like that. If you Google red wolves, you'll be able to, you know, images of red wolves, you'll, you'll find some pictures of them. There's a lot of photos out there, but this wolf thing does not explain the encounter that her and her son had by where they park their vehicles when they go to come inside the house. And that was the story that kind of disturbed me the most out of it. Um, According to her, her and her son had gotten home and it was dark and they'd gotten out of the car and they were fixing to walk up and go to the house. And this creature um, came out from behind this, this very large brush pile. And apparently this thing bluff charged them and was growling at them. And I guess things happened pretty fast. According to the eyewitness, she grabbed her son and pushed him behind her, which is a standard issue maternal response. And they began trying to back up and back away from this thing as it was bluff charging them. And... This thing, uh, it was kind of funny because she she said that she really only remembers the lower half of the creature. And uh, she said that it was about, you know, chest high on her, which would have been, you know, I don't know, a little under five feet. She says that she remembers it being on all fours. Her son said that it was standing upright on its hind legs as it came out from around the brush pile. Uh, I think the son saw it first and then it dropped down to all fours and then, then she saw it. But this thing basically aggressively was growling at them and moving towards them as they backed up to the house and into the front door. And she described this creature as being hairy, but not bushy hairy. She said the tail was really bushy, but the body kind of had slick hair. And she said that it was red in color. And she said it was really wide-chested. She described the arms as kind of moving kind of funny in the front. But she said it was kind of hunched over. And it was almost like it had its, it was like it was swinging its arms in the front, but the hands, the front hands weren't touching the ground. She said the lower half of the animal was definitely canine. It had the, the reverse hawk legs, which is a classic dogman scenario. But uh, she said the tail was really bushy, but the rest of the body wasn't wide chested. And uh, she was really scared. I guess she said she didn't get a real good look at the head. For some strange reason, she was focused on the lower end of the creature, which sounds silly when you first 
hear it. But, you know, I've taken a lot of reports and it's not unusual, I don't think, for for people to pick one part of the animal with their mind and they just focus on that one portion of it. It's it's not unusual for when people are describing creatures that they'd seen or they'd witnessed to you know, not remember certain parts of the body very well. Um, I had a similar experience like that where I saw a creature at night one time and I tended to be focused more on the body. And looking back on it, I wish I'd have focused more on the head, but for some strange reason, you know, when you've only got seconds, you know, you, your focus is limited. So, but um, she didn't get a good look at the head, but it backed them up all the way to the house. And then they went inside the house and, and then they were safe, you know, or so they thought. But uh, she did agree with me that it could have caught them if it wanted to, but it didn't. It was almost like it was just, you know, bullying them into the house. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who knows what it was up there doing? Maybe it was up there hunting her cats or her dogs or something. And then she come pulling up and spoiled its hunt or something. It's kind of hard to tell what was actually going on there, but it was a pretty scary scenario for when I had her out, when I was actually doing the on-site interview and I was videoing it, she was actually pretty calm about it. But when she was telling me about it over the phone, I could tell, by her voice and the way she was telling me that she was pretty scared, just kind of reliving it. But the whole thing was really unusual because I've never heard of a red haired dog, man. That's a new one on me. I mean, I'm not the, you know, uh, the world's most authority, but I, I've listened to more of these reports and stories than your average Joe. And that's the new one. I mean, I've heard of red Sasquatch, but, not red dogman. Let's see. It could have been the same creature, could have been a different one. But her mother, who recently moved in with them, her mother actually got growled at at night by something as she was walking from her car into the house at night. And um, they never saw what that was, but she described it as a, a very deep, low, growl and strangely enough as if uh, things weren't getting strange enough to begin with they've got orbs out there from time to time they'll see lights moving through the trees out in the forest and they're not headlights and stuff like that i said they'll actually move around as a matter of fact her brother actually pursued one into the woods one night and ended up coming back out of the woods and he was extremely disoriented and he i don't know they i guess he kind of something happened to him because he came out of the woods and he was a little loopy i guess you'd say he, he thought he was looking at somebody walking through the woods with a headlamp 
but he ran in to find it. He didn't find anybody and he ended up getting disoriented. It's kind of a weird story. Um, getting into some woo stuff there, but you can make out of that what you will. Uh, that depends on whether you're in the woo house or you're not, but they have consistent activity there. It's not seasonal. They have uh, activity not all the time, but it's pretty common all year long. It's almost like they live in the area and they're just coming through every so often just to harvest food. Uh, it's kind of hard to say what they're doing. The thing that I find unusual is, is that there's a lot of people down there that are talking amongst themselves about seeing what they're describing as these red wolves. They're seeing them cross the highway and they're seeing them run around. Nobody has reported seeing packs of red wolves to the best of my knowledge. Usually when they see a red wolf, they're describing it as being a solo creature. But there's also other people who are seeing wolves of varying colors, black, gray, and, uh, you know, muckledy done brown. And uh, they see them around there. And I guess the, the locals, they all know about these animals running around. Uh, she was even telling me about one night that she could hear what sounded like the wolves killing a elk down there. She said that she could hear the elk bellowing and she could hear multiple dogs attacking this thing and it was it was a ways away but you get down in there in those mountains and sound travels and echoes pretty far but i guess they could hear it pretty clearly and apparently it's just common knowledge down there she was also telling me uh she brought up a, a, another guy who was an eyewitness who was a retired deputy sheriff he'll remain anonymous as well but he had actually seen one crossing the road a couple miles from where she had her encounter. And he described it as a very large red wolf looking dog. But it was on all fours as it crossed the highway. And he saw it at night. But I'm at a loss for trying to explain this behavior. I've never heard of a red dog man. But what she's describing is a dog man. It's just a highly unusual color scheme. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you've heard of something like that, but I don't know what to make of it. It's kind of uncharted territory for me. You know, I made a YouTube video. Hopefully, uh, if anybody else has seen something like that, they'll reach out to at least one of us and uh, tell us about it. But in the meantime... I'm just staying in touch with her and I'm going to go down here in a couple of weeks and stop by her place and check on them. But I live a little too far away for a quick response, but you know, I'm trying to stay in communication with her and help her as much as I can. So that's where we're at on that one. You're a good man. I'm glad you're helping her the way you are. Well, I'd like to be closer so that we could possibly, you know, respond in a timely manner if she did get in a bind. I mean, I do worry about her. You know, it's her and her mom and her son out there. And 
they are in a really remote location. They really are. And the law enforcement is a long time away. So it's kind of got the makings of bad karma, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure sounds like it. That's pretty rough. You said she moved in and had an encounter the first night that she was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and she did say that the property had been unlived in for three years at the time they purchased it. So the house had been for sale. The house and the property had been for sale for a while. My guess is, is that these creatures noticed that nobody was living in the place. And so they made their self at home, which you know, wouldn't be the first time I've heard that kind of story. She moved in in 2016 and she said that it's, you know, she had activity that first night, although she didn't know what to make of it at first, but she's had encounters and just weird random activity and noises and vocalizations off and on the entire time. I mean, it's not constant. It's not a nightly thing, but like once every couple of weeks, you know, she'll probably have something happen. Some little thing. She's had them get up on her porch and, you know, stuff like that. She had some security cameras that got damaged and she tried putting out trail cameras, which got stolen. They weren't damaged or turned around like you hear about in a lot of uh, Bigfoot scenarios. They were actually taken. Like, she never saw them again. And she's got motion sensors out now. And she actually had another factor. It's even more confusing than the Red Wolf. Her property is kind of a funnel it's kind of like an area where there's a bottleneck and to the north of her there's a great big huge expanse of national forest and to the south of her there's another expanse of national forest but on each side of her are these big areas where at one point in time they came in and they did some logging they never replanted those areas and there's like little farms on each side of her, you know, to the east and to the west. And so if an animal was going to go from one area to another, it would have to go through her property if it was going to stay in cover. So her place is kind of a bottleneck or what I call them a funnel. So that explains part of the reason why they're coming through there is if they're going to stay in cover, and go from point A to point B, they're going to have to do that. But the thing that's unusual is that she's also encountered seeing some men on her property trespassing. And the men, she said, will walk through the woods behind her house. She says that the men will be dressed all in dark brown, like one solid color. And at first, when she told me this, I thought, oh, she's seeing Sasquatch walking through there. She's like, no, they were men. They were tall men, and they were dressed in dark brown. I was like, well, you mean like Carhartt brown or like UPS guy brown? She's like, UPS guy brown. And I was like, you know, shirt and pants? And she's like, yes, solid, uniform-looking, dark brown outfit and i was like okay that's weird and apparently she's tried speaking to him or i think her mom even hollered at him one time 
And they just ignored them and kept walking. And they come in from the south and they'll crisscross across their property. And I know that like UPS guys, they wear all brown. I know that there are certain types of national forest people that wear brown uniforms. And I know that occasionally highway patrol here in Oklahoma will wear brown uniforms. It's pretty common for the highway patrolman. But for them to not speak to her as they're walking across their property is very unusual. She says she's seen them four times, just going from one point to the other, just making a cross, and it's like right behind the house. And they won't talk to her. She said one time it almost sounded like they laughed whenever she hollered at them or something. But she can't figure out why they're on the property. And I don't know what to make of that. I mean, some kind of men in black scenario or something, but I don't really see that happening. I, It's just a, a left field wild card factor that plays into the whole mystery of the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. I know that in Oklahoma, even our park service people, you know, they'll have like brown pants, but they'll have like a different colored top you know, like green or something. I don't know what to make of that, but it's another strange factor. And she's never caught those guys on trail camera. They just seem to wander through and not set the trail cameras off, which seems to be kind of weird. But she says they're definitely human looking. So normally, if I was to just have an eyewitness that, was alone and living there and and having all this kind of activity i would kind of be scratching my head and and raising one eyebrow if you know what i mean but it's not just her it's it's her her son her mother her brother and then one of their neighbors is this retired deputy sheriff guy i mean they're all in agreement that this is legit you know and um i believe her I believe all of them. I think there's something weird about that property that's going on. I don't know what it is. I'm suspecting that it's just an unusual habitat. But that, at the same time, that doesn't explain these guys in the brown outfits. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it's their neighbors you know, walking through the place. We sat down and we looked at it from aerial photography. And we went and walked the back fence line. If it was her neighbors walking from you know, say one neighbor's house across their property to the other, it would be a whole lot easier for them to just walk around her property than it would be to walk through her property because her property is very densely forested. It's got a lot of undergrowth and, you know, there was some poison ivy out there and just thorny vine and all this other stuff. It just doesn't make sense why someone would walk through her property unless they were actually looking for something on her property. And I don't know what that would have been. So, you tell me. (laughs) I wish I could. That poor lady, she's got so many strange things going on. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, I feel for her. You've got to feel for her. Due to all the activities she has going on there, has she told you if she's considered moving? (sighs) You know, I didn't ask her if she'd considered moving. She did mention on several occasions how much she loves the place 
that she lives at. And it's just very beautiful place. You get a good, decent look at it in my video, but uh, it's a very pretty place. It's a very lovely house that they live in. It's a log cabin type home. I would like to live there. Uh, it's a lot nicer in my place. But yeah, she's, I think she's pretty happy where she's at. The one thing that I did think that was kind of funny was she mentioned that when she saw that big Bigfoot, she said it was a big male. She said she could kind of tell by all the definition in his chest and everything. And But she said that, you know, she felt calm and peace. She said that she almost felt like that it was telling her it was going to be okay. Like she didn't have anything to fear. And you can make of that, you could say, well, that's some form of mind speak or what, but you don't see a 10 foot tall Sasquatch at 60 feet away and get a calming feeling. It doesn't work that way unless there's something else going on there. Now, the people that know me know that I'm not Captain Wu. I'm an evidence based investigator i like evidence that i can see touch feel record possibly even categorize and take home with me the woo although i do not dismiss it i struggle with it but uh I, i'll be the first one to admit there's there's a lot of stuff that i don't know so saying that it's that it's ridiculous is it would be ridiculous to discount it completely but uh, for her to have walk away from that scenario, I think that there might have been some form of mind speak or some kind of communication going on there between her and that creature. Maybe it was just telling her that she didn't have anything to worry about from it. But she has got two different creatures out there, apparently. She's got the Sasquatch out there, and then she's got this red creature out there. And uh, I don't think that the red creature wants to get her but i think it's definitely more aggressive and uh, i think she needs to be very careful when it comes to that red creature out there because i wouldn't put it past this creature to harm her or her mom or her son i mean it did have the opportunity it didn't take it that time but i think if you put yourself in the wrongs if she put herself accidentally in a wrong situation it could go poorly for i think but i i i don't know i'm not psychic i can't i can't really tell it's it's a mystery you know and it, and they usually end up staying mysteries but i i'm i don't know her place is like some kind of weird nexus for unusual behavior so <laughs> Yeah, sure sounds like it. This is really no different than throwing deck chairs off the Titanic, but do you happen to know if she stays inside after dark? Yes, for the most part. She knows about a lot about what's going on outside because she likes to keep the windows open at night, you know, with the having a breeze. She did mention that. And occasionally she'll hear things going on outside. And some of her, you know, she's got like a second story up there. And I think that's where she said the bedroom was. But, you know, she's probably not too terribly concerned about leaving the window open as long as the screen is there in the middle of the night. But, 
know, when they do go outside, you know, they're very cautious. They're looking around and they're trying to be aware of their surroundings. Even her mother is going around armed now. I thought that was interesting. They're taking it seriously. I mean, they're armed, pretty well armed, too, even by my standards. And uh, I think they're taking it very seriously. I think they're aware of it. I, I was concerned about them taking it seriously. And so I, you know, I tried to ease them into the reality. And I realized very quickly that they were already at terms with it. You know, they knew there was a danger. So they're as about as informed and educated on the matter as I think they can be. They're prepared. I wouldn't want to be the creature that tries to break into their house. I will put it that way. Because, like I said, they're pretty well armed. But, yes, they're aware. And uh, they're being safe, especially at night. They're doing it during the daytime. They've seen things during the daytime. Well, I'm sure they have. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. If you'd like to be able to listen to the show without ads and have full access to bonus content, that's an option. To find out how, please go to dogmanencounters.com forward slash podcast. Did she call you out there in hopes of you being able to rid her property of Dogman and Sasquatch or just to get some answers? Do you know? Well, I think she originally reached out to me just to let me know what was going on. I think she wanted confirmation. I'm not a you know, witch doctor. I can't come out there and dance around her front yard and keep them from coming out. I mean, I can make recommendations, which I normally do, and I did. A lot of times what we'll do is when me and the team go out, we will go out and we will, you know, do an investigation, interview, ask a bunch of questions. Then we go home and we will usually have like a phone conference and we'll table a bunch more. Then usually we'll come back with more questions and then we'll make our recommendations. And, and we did that with her and we had a list of recommendations, you know, some of the standard issue stuff like more lighting and stuff like that. But she's pretty well prepared. I mean, she's got some projects that she's wanting to work on with some uh, better quality surveillance type stuff. But everything costs money anymore. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that they're going to have to work on it as time goes on. I don't think that they're in terrible danger but i think that they're at a point where they need to be aware and respectful because apparently according to these creatures they're not the only residents on the property there's more than just her that live there and uh they've done a real good job of letting her know <laughs> so there's she's she's pretty respectful of everything that's going on down there and for what it's worth, she's at peace with it. I, I don't think that she really has a problem with the Sasquatch being out there and coming around. I don't think she likes her chickens disappearing and her dogs and cats coming up missing. That does irritate her. 
But as far as like, she's kind of got a, a live and let live philosophy about it. You know, she understands that they have to eat, but I don't think that she's angry at them or bitter towards them. But I think she does have a, a pretty serious concern when it comes to this red canine creature that they had the encounter with. That's a, that's a completely different scenario. And I think she has a, a different outlook on that thing. I can understand why she would. Yeah, bluff charged her and her son after all. And speaking of that, when she and her son were bluff charged, did she ever tell you how close they were to the house? Well, she kind of reenacted it for us in the video. I would say she was probably, they usually park their cars like 20, 30 yards from the front door. And there's a stone walkway that goes up to the front. And it happened right in there. I want to say, you know, it came around the brush pile at 35, 40 yards and backed them up. It didn't really chase them that far. It came out from behind the brush pile. And I would say it probably, judging by her reenacting it, it moved towards them a total of about 10 feet. And then it kind of stopped. I don't think it pursued them all the way up to the front door. I think it just uh, it moved forward enough to get them moving backwards and then it stopped. So <laughs> I think it strategically did just enough and exposed itself just enough to get them to do what he wanted them to do. So yeah, it was it was a really interesting scenario. And like I've said several times before, when they want to get a point across, they're masters at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. For anyone listening who would like to watch the video on the Red Dirt Cryptid YouTube channel that's focusing on the investigation at that lady's property, I'm going to post a link to it in the description for tonight's show. That'll make it real easy to find. But having said that, it's about time for us to get out of here. But before we do, do you have any closing comments you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm just a field investigator. I don't always have all the answers. I don't think anybody does. I would say beware of anybody that claims to have all the answers in this world. But we go out and we investigate and we look around. The best thing we can do for people is listen. A lot of people that encounter these things, they don't have anybody to talk to. They don't know where to turn. The best thing I can do is is tell them they're not crazy and then offer a few suggestions. Sometimes I can offer some legitimate advice about how to keep them away from the house and stuff like that. But the main thing is, is just sharing what you know. If you've got something going on at your property, you've probably got other people in your area that need to know what's going on. Not everybody is comfortable with talking to to their poor neighbors about this kind of stuff. It gets really awkward. But I think that when you do have encounters like this, I think it's kind of like our civic duty to inform people that there's something going on in that particular area. She did that. And we went out, we talked to her, met some nice people. And um, hopefully we helped a little bit, but I wish I had better, more solid answers for her and her family. 
lot of times it's just having somebody to run this stuff by I think it helps. And, uh, you know, I, I've always enjoyed listening to these podcasts and these, you know, YouTube shows and stuff. And, you know, you can always learn a little bit from each one if you listen good enough. And hopefully, you know, we'll continue learning. And maybe in the future, you know, if we all open up a little bit and we all share what we know, maybe we'll have some a better, clearer picture of what's really going on and maybe some solid answers. Brian, I hope you never stop doing what you do because you're one of the good ones and thank goodness you're out there doing what you do. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I always enjoy visiting with you and there's a lot to be learned on your channel and uh, everybody's encounter matters. I think what you're doing is a good thing. You're giving people an opportunity to talk. Well, thanks for saying that, but I wouldn't have it any other way. But thanks again so much for your time and have a great night.